Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, dealing with issues and problems that had arisen in their life as a community of believers. He had founded the churches in Corinth during his missionary activity there. And then he would go back on occasion to deal with problems and to answer charges that were leveled against him and to deal with theological issues and social issues. And he wrote these letters. He wrote 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, and 2 Corinthians is made up of actually of probably three letters that have been knitted together by a later editor. He wrote these letters to address many issues that were facing these Christians. And we've, we should thank God that this church was actually uh, filled with strife because we have learned so much from them and, frankly, from what not to do as well as having heard what Paul had to say. And when it came to communion, he was dealing with a real problem, a real issue. And I'm going to hit the high point today. You see, in the ancient world at that time, in the church at that time, when they would celebrate the Lord's Supper, they, did it, they didn't do it just the first Sunday of every month. They had communion every single time they met, and it's certainly on every Lord's Day. They would meet together. And they would have a wonderful bash, or not so wonderful as the case may be. Because you see, while we believe in salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and bringing a covered dish to the potluck dinner, they, while they brought meal, they didn't share it. <gasps> yep, they brought food, but they didn't share it. They brought chicken and fish and steak and vegetables and pie, and they didn't share it. They each ate their own stuff. B-Y-O-B, bring your own buffet. <laughs> and not just your own food. But Paul is very clear. For when the time comes to eat, each of you goes ahead with your own supper, and one goes hungry and another becomes drunk. You've got to remember, the Corinthian community was a very diverse community. You had people from Rome, you had people from Palestine, you had people from as far to the west, we know from archaeology, as far to the west as Londonium, London, England. And there were people from Persia, modern-day Iran. There were people from as far south as Ethiopia and people from as far north as Germany. There were people who had been Jews and people who had been pagans. And people who were very rich and people who were very poor. People who had been slaves and people who were leaders in the community. Wealthy and powerful. You had every strata of the ancient world society expressed in the Corinthian churches. And they divided themselves along those stratified lines. So when they would come, the poor people would come to worship with nothing. Nothing to eat. Nothing to drink. No feast. No booze. Nothing. The rich would come with huge amounts of food and lots of things to drink. And they didn't share it. So that when it came time for the Lord's Supper, Paul says, it's not the Lord's Supper you're eating. Because some of you are stuffed and drunk, and some of you are hungry and so angry you want to leave. 
And he doesn't commend them for this. Instead, he says, Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be answerable for the body and blood of the Lord. Thank God for the New Revised Standard Version. The King James articulated this slightly differently in a way that made it easy to misunderstand it. The King James renders this as, For I receive from the Lord what I also handed on to you, excuse me, for whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord unworthily. And most people, when they hear that, think it's talking about them. That they have to be worthy to eat, worthy to drink, worthy to come to the table of the Lord. They understand it not as an adverb, but as an adjective, and it's not. Unworthily modifies the action, not the actor. And the NRSV gets it right, in an unworthy manner. In a manner of partaking that is not worthy of the act, not worthy of the table, not worthy of the Lord. Whoever eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, Paul says, will be answerable for the body and blood of the Lord. Examine yourselves and only then eat. You notice this, examine yourselves, not your neighbor, not the person across the aisle from you, not the person seated behind you or seated in front of you. Examine yourselves. Examine yourselves and only then eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For all who eat and drink, and this is going to describe what it means to eat in a worthy manner and drink in a worthy manner. For all who eat and drink without discerning the body, eat and drink judgment against themselves. What does it mean to discern the body of the Lord? What does it mean to discern the body of Jesus? What does it mean to eat and drink and discern the body of Christ? There are several ways to understand this. There is the body of Christ present in your neighbors, in those seated next to you in the pews, behind you and in front of you. It is discerning the body, the presence of Christ in your brothers and sisters and treating them as brothers and sisters. So in other words, if you brought a whole bunch of food, you share it with another part of the body of Christ. And you don't judge or separate yourselves from your sisters or brothers. There's another way, and within the context of the worship life, these people were getting stuffed on food and drunk on wine so that when it came time for the table of the Lord, they didn't know what they were doing. They were so drunk they could barely stand. It was a true abuse of the sacrament. So discerning what you're about in the worship of God, discerning the body of Christ, the presence of the Lord, the real presence of Jesus in our worship, in the scriptures, in our hymnody, in our songs, in our prayers, in our liturgy together. The acts of the people of God. And there's discerning the presence in the sacrament itself. 
There's discerning the presence in the bread, through the bread, by the bread, under the bread, by means of the bread, and partaking of it, and the cup. When we eat, when we drink, discerning the real presence of Jesus, discerning the love of God, the gifts of God, the grace of God, the power of God, the presence of God, when we eat and when we drink, discerning God's presence, the presence of Christ, the presence of the body, we are eating and drinking in a worthy manner. It is the manner of partaking, the manner of receiving, the way in which we eat and drink with our focus not on ourselves, not on our sins, not on the sins of our neighbor, not on the sins of our family members, not on the falling short of those people who frustrate us again and again and again, not on the divisions that divide us, not on the disagreements that rend us asunder, but when we come to the table of the Lord, we are called to discern the presence of the Lord in the neighbor that we have, in the worship that we celebrate, and in the sacrament that we receive. And our focus is to be on Christ, discerning Christ in our neighbor, discerning Christ in the worship, discerning Christ in the sacrament. Our focus is not on ourselves, but on Christ. Our focus is not on our neighbor, but on Christ Jesus, our Lord. When we come to the table of the Lord, we are called to focus in on Jesus. And when we do that, when we focus in on His presence, when we focus in on His love, when we focus in on His presence and shove aside the distractions, we are eating and drinking in a worthy manner. We are eating and drinking worthily. Because you see, the criticism, well, I'm not worthy to go to the table of the Lord and have Holy Communion, so I'm not going to go to church and I'm not going to take communion because I'm not worthy to partake of it. That attitude, the statement, I'm not worthy to partake of it, is right. I'm not worthy to stand up here and preside at the table of the Lord. I may be ordained, but I'm not worthy to do it. I know I'm a sinner. I know I have no right to stand there and raise my hands and pray that prayer. And pray that Holy Jesus Christ our Lord, the Holy Spirit, the power of God, the power of the Father will come and communicate through these elements the real presence of Jesus. I am not worthy to partake or to preside at the table of the Lord. No one is worthy in and of themselves. But when we come and when we eat and when we drink with our faith focused on Jesus, when we come and when we eat and when we drink, discerning the presence of Jesus, Jesus makes us worthy. We are made worthy by the blood of the Lamb. We are made worthy by the presence of Christ. We are made worthy by the body of our Lord. He makes us worthy when we receive. And because we are unworthy, we must come and receive. 
we must come and feast and be filled with the very grace of God. We must come and eat and drink and be transformed by the very real presence of Jesus into His hands and His feet for a broken and hurting world. And to do that, to be transformed, to eat and drink in a worthy manner, we must discern the presence of Jesus here. My brothers and sisters, as you come to the table of the Lord today, come discerning the body of Christ in your neighbor, in our worship, in the sacrament. Focus in on Jesus and receive the love of God that He has to give. The love of God that can transform you remake you, and make you whole. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. our Lord invites to his table all who love him who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy upon you. Forgive all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit keep you in eternal life. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. From among all the nations of the earth, you have called us to be your children, members of the family of God and members of of the body of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so with your children on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending
Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Jesus commissioned us to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth, among all people, in all times and places, and to make disciples of all nations. Today, his family throughout the world joins at his holy table, proclaiming the real presence of Christ Jesus, who unites us together and makes us one. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, the Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. Renew our communion with your church throughout the world and strengthen us all to witness faithfully in your name. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. <laughs> As our Savior Christ has taught us, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The disciples knew the Lord Jesus in the breaking of the bread. And when we give thanks over the cup, we know forgiveness and eternal life. Oh 
You have been listening to a sermon by Dr. Gregory Neal, Senior Pastor of the First United Methodist Church in Commerce, Texas, and Rector of Grace Incarnate Ministries. Copyright 2014 by Dr. Gregory S. Neal. All rights reserved. For more information and for other sermons by Dr. Neal, visit us on the web at www.revneal.org. That's www.revneal.org. You are also invited to visit us in person at First United Methodist Church, 1709 Highway 24, Commerce, Texas, 75428. This program was produced by Dr. Greg Neal. of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and in the love of God and of His Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And may the blessings of God the Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless you and keep you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you, God.